Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise God and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is Live Deliverance Internet Radio Ministries. And I have Evangelist Janet Taylor with me. She's going to come in for comments. We'll have the Spirit of God move her. We got a teaching that the Lord moved on my heart last night. And uh, Evangelist Taylor is dealing with idols coming down. And I was talking to her when I got off the phone. Bam. Uh, the Lord was moving on my heart to come up against this so-called prosperity doctrine. The name of the sermon tonight is the demonic doctrine of prosperity. It is demonic. It is not of God. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. How God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Lord, use me as your oracle. We come up against every demonic force, every demonic spirit that will come against this teaching. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending about the body of Moses, does not bring in any rare accusations, but says, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is true. We give all honor and glory to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We pray. Amen. Prosperity. We're going to first give what is the true definition of prosperity. Here are some of the definitions of prosperity, and then we're going to get into the scriptural reference to show you that it's not biblical. There's no such thing as a prosperity ministry. You can't equivalent God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and say he's just a God forgiven. Joe Osteen, he's good with telling people that you will lend to God. If you send a seed to Joe Osteen, <laughs> that you'll be a lender to God. That ain't nowhere biblical. You cannot find that nowhere uh, in the Bible. And I want to share this with you. And I'm going to get these scriptures. To... In Deuteronomy, when you have uh, this brother, uh, what's his name? Joe Osteen, getting up here telling people that if you give to him, you'll be a lender to God or God owes you something. doesn't say that. He says in Deuteronomy 8.18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. So why are you, how are you going to loan something God going to owe you back when he got the power to give you wealth? See, these are words that they say when people don't know the Bible, and, and you get deceived. Here are some definitions of prosperity, a way of living and thinking and not just having money or things. What does prosperity mean spiritually? First and foremost, it by showing kindness to people around you. The second way, by giving rich spiritual values in life and spiritual prosperity comes from the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, having good health, wisdom from God, able to interpret things in the spirit room in tongues, see in spirit, cast out demons, and heal the sick. You're prosperous when you're doing that. God is not a God of mammon. Biblical principles of prosperity and how we should obtain wealth is to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6.33, and all these other things should be added unto thee. We have to work. All of us have to work. 
In Second Thessalonians 3.10, it says, For every man when we with you, that we command you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Working and not eating is different from riches. Acquire knowledge. Prosperity is when you can acquire knowledge from God. See, I'm taking it out of Leroy Thompson, which is pitiful. Him and uh, Creflo Dollar dancing on money, and not one of them can raise the dead. Not one of them even do any deliverance. And even Creflo Dollar, he get on TV and apologize for uh, teaching wrong, and y'all still go over there and give him money. It's, it's, it's pathetic. True wisdom and prosperity, James 1, 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberty and abroad it not, and it should be given him. Be skilled and diligent by reading the word. You will become prosperous by having a relationship with God. Also, having the ability to take actions against the devil. A lot of people don't know how to come up against the devil, which is spiritual warfare. That's, that's prosperity. That's a prosperous blessing that people will have when they receive and receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you in Acts 1.8. Most Christians run from it. But if you're talking about physical money with some dead presidents who own black people, well, former slave owners, and you look at that as a form of prosperity, all it is is money being print. It can't get to heaven with you. It has been misinterpreted with this prosperity doctrine. God wants us to be saved and not use him as an instrument as if he's some credit card. God wants us to stay debt free. You're prosperous when you're debt free. Romans 13, 8 says, Oh, no man, anything but to love one another. And he that loveth hath fulfilled the law. Now, what prosperity is, it is another gospel. It comes from another gospel. And the apostle Paul speaks of this other gospel and this other Jesus in 2 Corinthians. Turn to 2 Corinthians and we look at the uh, 11th chapter and we go to 11.4 for if he that cometh preaching uh, preacheth another Jesus. These prosperity ministers are not casting out demons. They're not healing the sick. They don't have no gifts at all in the spirit realm. How is that making you prosperous to tell them to give you some money? Get in a line and give a sacrificial offering in order for God to give you something when Jesus has already paid the price. It's contradictory. First Corinthians 7.23, the scriptures say that we are bought with a price. We have been purchased with a price. You can't pay for that. So this other Jesus, what it does is employs that. It brings in you to have another spirit that's contrary to the spiritual gifts, but into the manum part of Christianity, which is not biblical. In 2 Corinthians 11.4, for he that cometh preaching another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel. It's another gospel. And what it does is these so-called apostles, they're false apostles. The scripture speaks of false apostles in 2 Corinthians 11.13, for such are false apostles was transmitting themselves into the apostles of Christ. So if you don't have the nine gifts of the Spirit, you're going to get gotten, and they're going to get you for your money. And they're going to take your money. I had a pastor that got on my radio station when the Cobra virus 19 hit, 
and he said, send in $190. I was with him 14 years. They would always put me when I teach on a Monday night, never on a Sunday. They hear deliverance on a Monday. It was never on a Sunday. I watched a lot of stuff. And when he said, send in $190, he's going to give you three scriptures. <laughs> that's nowhere in the Bible that you've got to pay a man to give you something that's in the Word when the Holy Spirit can give it to you. That's prostituting God. What does the Bible say about the prosperity gospel? This is what the Holy Spirit gave me. In the prosperity gospel, also known as the word of faith movement, the believer is told to use God wherein the truth of biblical Christianity is just the opposite. God used the believer's prosperity theologically, seeing that the Holy Spirit has a power to be put to use for whatever the believers will. That doesn't work like that. The Holy Spirit is a comforter, it is a teacher, it gives gifts to help the body of Christ not to make money off of it. The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit is a person who enables the believer to do God's will. The prosperity gospel movement closely resembles some of the destructive greed, sex that infiltrates the early church that Paul had to deal with. The other apostles were not accommodating false teachers and propagate such heresies. Paul dealt with the same thing. So this spirit is nothing new. They identified them as dangerous false teachers and urged Christians to avoid them. The apostle Paul warns about such men in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 5, and we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 9 through 11. So if we go to 1 Timothy, we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, 5, and we're going to read, it says, perverse, Disputers of men of corrupt minds and destitutes of the truth, supposing that gain, G-A-I-N, that's for all prosperity is nothing by gain and money. Gain is godliness. It is not. Look what Timothy said by the writings of the Holy Spirit. He says, from such withdraw thyself. Why would he say that? Supposing that gain, G-A-I-N, is godliness. Gain is not godliness. Timothy warns us, he says, from such withdraw thyself. Now let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, 9 through 11. But they that will be rich, talking about financially rich, and you see a lot of rich people, how it used was very miserable. Miserable. Look up... Uh, Kanye changes his name to Ye, schizophrenic spirit, speaking against uh, uh, the Jewish people. And these people get money. They think that they uh, cannot be touched. Look at Donald Trump, rich, gangster, thug. And God's going to reveal him. But they that will be rich fall into temptations and snares and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. See, that, that doesn't help. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, and this is what Creflo Dollar and them doing, they're covenant after money. Kenneth Copeland got more planes than I can even take a bus to go somewhere. I don't see no miracles in these men. I don't see these men uh, performing any miracles, none whatsoever. I don't see them teleporting. I don't see them raising the dead. 
I definitely don't see them casting out demons. So why are you giving your money? And why are they pushing money so much? Why? Because of great gain. This is what they want to do. Perverse disputers of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain. In godliness, from such withdraw thyself. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have erred, after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So you are erring from the faith if you're chasing money. Lord knows I'm not in this for money. Because if I was, uh, I would be, you, you know, I, I live off faith. Amen. God meets my needs. I'm not in here to send, tell somebody to send me a million dollars. I just ask the Lord, Whatever you give on your heart, and the Holy Spirit move on someone's heart to do that, I'll use it for his kingdom, but that don't mean I'm supposed to get the money to be flying all over the world and not do ministry. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Then it speaks of men of corrupt minds. See, their minds become corrupt because all they want to do is deal with the money. The money. The money. I met a lady... She was so messed up that I told her not to tie for about six months. She had to get healed. She ain't had no money. Charge her twenty five dollars for a water he pulled in in a sink uh, in, a, in, a, in a glass and said, "Take this healing water and charging people money." See what happens is their mind becomes hardened against the Holy Spirit. And this is why they uh, deal with called great gain. The Bible says, "Withdraw thyself from them," and they become their minds become like Daniel five twenty. But when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. See, when you get into this money and you're teaching this, you're leaving out the really definition of prosperity. Even in the Greek, the word prosperity means peace. Suppose great grain and their desire for riches was a trap that brought them into ruins of destruction. The pursuit of wealth is a dangerous path for Christians and one which God warns about for the love of money is the root of all evil. Some people eager for money have uh, wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. First Timothy 6.10. If riches was a reasonable goal for the godly, Jesus would have pursued it. But he did not. Preferring and said to have no place to lay his head. Now he's a son of God. And I really believe that Jesus did this to set an example because he knew that the devil was going to use this prosperity ministry. And, and deceive a lot of people. He knew that. He knew it. Now, let me show you something. If you go to Matthew chapter 8, and I want you to go to verse 20. Matthew verse 20. And Jesus said unto him, the foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. Now, if that's not humility, 
I don't know what it is. Christianity is not based on money. I, the Lord said what I should do, you should do, John 14, 11, and 12. Christ did this to show us an example against, really, this prosperity doctrine. He could have, he could just say gold come and it would have came. This is a personal relationship. This is not a relationship trying to pimp God or use Jesus as some Wall Street or some bank or some per person on the street selling dope, making money off people. You don't hustle the Holy Spirit. That, 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 that ain't going to work with God. And teaching his disciples to do the same. It should also be remembered that the only disciple that was concerned about money was Judas. And look what happened to him. He sold Jesus out for money. Sold him out. Paul, the apostle Paul says that covetousness is idolatry. So a lot of these pastors have idolatry in them because they in it for the money. They don't care about you. Call me in a meeting and, you know, set, set up to, to see me. You got to call the secretary and go through all And he ain't doing nothing. You know, he ain't got nothing to do. He don't, he don't care about you. But he going to teach that money, get your money, and have you feeling real good with the services and the flesh and emotional, jumping up and down, smiling. Oh, that's the pastor. He's the pastor. You start enjoying him because you like him as your pastor. You don't have no gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can't hear God. You don't know the Bible. You don't even know if he's bewitching you. The Bible says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whom evident in the eyes that Jesus Christ has been before you? You've been tricked. Galatians 3.1. Now, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6 through 7, it says, Let no man deceive you with vain words. That's all these, these prosperity doctrines are bringing to you, vain words. Ain't no power to them. See, no healing. I saw Creflo Dollar, honey, baby, honey, I got, and he's just talking. And, and he swear he did. And I said, this man can't even teach the Bible. Thousands of people listening to nothing. One or two scriptures. I can't teach like that. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for it's because of the things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Prosperity teaching prohibits God from working on his own, meaning that God is not Lord of all, because he cannot work until we re release him to do so. Faith, according to the word of faith, doctrine is not submissive trust in God. Faith is the formula by which we manipulate the spiritual laws the prosperity teachers are doing. They are manipulating this. And it does not govern the universe of God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. It does not represent the heavenly father or his kingdom because his kingdom is not of his world. As the name word of faith applies, this movement teaches that faith is a matter of what you say more than whom we trust or what truth we embrace and affirm in our hearts. A favorite term of prosperity gospel teaches is positive confession. This refers to the teaching of the words themselves have created power, which you say prosperous teaching claim determination. Everything that happens to you is confession. Thou money cometh unto me now. That is nowhere in the Bible. Now, you can speak that all day. If you don't tithe, you can't. A tithing doesn't get you rich. It's a covenant from God that God will bless you. 
tithing covers your finances. But Leroy Thompson says, thou money coming unto me. And and y'all jump on this foolishness. That ain't in the Bible. You can't favor God and put him in position to give you and represent the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, his son, Jesus, and heirs of money. God doesn't like this. As though man could require anything from God. That's what the prosperity do. They just just give them the money and it's going to be okay. Thus, God's ability to bless supposedly hangs on our faith. Clearly contradicts this teaching. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we go this or we do that or this type of business and carry on and make money, why do you not know what happens tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist. We like we vanish. We like a vapor. James four fourteen. The Lord ain't got time for us to be caught up in this. It's too much to do to save people. You comfortable and you rich. You ain't gonna want to get in the fields and go nowhere. Far from speaking these things into existence, it is not biblical to put the Holy Spirit in a position to teach people that the only thing that is required is that you be blessed by having money. Instead of stressing the importance of wealth, the Bible warns against the pursuit of wealth. Now, if you can't get this one here right, I don't know what it is. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4. Proverbs 23.4. Now, let's look what the Bible says. Tell this to Creflo Dollar. Tell this to uh, Leroy Thompson, T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen, all of them. Labor not to be rich. That's in the Bible. Proverbs 23.4. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thy own wisdom. Why is it? So it takes wisdom to become rich. It takes human wisdom to become rich. And that type of wisdom is demonic. This is why God doesn't want you to do it. If you seek first his kingdom, he will give you all these other things that's added unto thee. God has met every one of my needs. I'm going through a trial and tribulation right now. Okay, I got a busted pipe. God's going to bless me with that. I'm not even worrying about it. Evangelist Taylor sent me a, a blessing that covered my air condition. Then the thing went out. God found a way to get it back on. Uh, you know, God will meet our needs. God did not promise Mercedes-Benz and Rolls Royce and gold commodes. You can't carry that to heaven. That's an investment. That's vanity. The Bible speaks of that. And when you start using uh, your human wisdom, I guarantee you're going to bring in nothing but some demons. This is why he wants us to stay away from it. The scripture says in James 3.15, this wisdom descended not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, devilish. So when you start wanting the labor to be rich, your wisdom becomes devilish because it's manum. Believers, and especially leaders in the church, ought to be free from the love of money. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. supposed to be, but they're not. They're full of them. And it's, it's, it's a mess. I don't deal with it. I took, I took him off my radio station. He didn't even want to have a meeting with me. I said, hey, man, I need to talk to you. No, we're good. You take care. God bless. No, you're not coming on my time. I send in $190. I ain't never done that with nobody, and I never will. First Timothy 3.3 3 says, not given to wine, 
nor striker, watch this, nor greedy or filthy lucre, that's money, filthy lucre, filthy lucre, filthy lucre, filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetousness. Now, it even gets more explained when Peter breaks this down in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 3, really gets into the false prophets and the uh, prosperity ministers. Let's read. And they use words to get your money. It's called feigned words, F-E-I-G-N-E-D, feigned. That's what it's called. I want to make sure that I'm, a, I'm right. Uh, Evangelist Taylor, did I pronounce that, that right? Feigned, F-E-I-G-N-E-D. You got it right, Apostle. Okay. That's Fain. manipulation. Okay. See, that's manipulation. Fain words make merchandise. They're making merchandise of you. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth. Fain words. The false teachers commercialize the gospel, and this is what they're doing. Being experts in greed and in getting money from believers to enhance their ministries and affluence lifestyles. That is all they're doing. Believers must be aware that one of the chief methods of false ministers is to use feigned words to tell impressive but false stories or to give extravagant statistics in order to inspire God's people to give money. It's a spirit of hustling. Anointed men of God falls into this sin. The gifts of God come as not with repentance. They glorify themselves and enhance their ministries with these fabricated stories. Thus, the underweary and sincere child of God becomes an object of exportation because they don't study the Bible. They're young. They just got saved. Somebody sent them to this church. And I believe my physical brother was burnt out. I, you can get burnt out with these churches because they're sucking up your money. Three, four, five collections. You know, I, and when I was at that church in Jamaica, after the service, they're getting ready. Hurry up. Move quickly. Move quickly. I said, Lord, something ain't right with this. Move quickly, move quickly. You can't think. They don't want you to think and pray. They don't want that. They want that money. Move quickly. Move quickly. So what happens is that God's children become an exportation because of the ministries defile God's truth and people with greed and deceit. They are assigned to condemnation and destruction. Now, they will get theirs, and they're going to be punished because God warns about the destruction of false teachers in Second Peter chapter 2, 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but called them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved into judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Solomon and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed 
with filthy conversations of the wicked. For the righteous man dwelleth among them is seeing and hearing vex his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust until the day to be punished. They're going to be punished. I could not get up there and teach this foolishness that what I hear. We're supposed to be free from the love of money. Let's look at the scripture here in Hebrews 13.5. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Let your conversations be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. He said, be content. When people who are rich, they ain't content because they always want more and more and more and more and more. The love of money leads to all kinds of evil, and it brings you to be in a position to oppress people. Rich people oppress you. James speaks of this in the Bible. In James chapter 2, verse 6, it says, But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seat? See, they're rich. This is why God don't want you to get caught up in that. He wants you to be free from that. Now, be on your guard against all kinds of greedy men. Life does consist of the abundance of his possessions. That don't, God said that don't mean nothing to him. What you got does not recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Even Jesus himself said this in the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 15. In the book of Luke 12, verse 15, and he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. God don't care nothing about that. God cares about holiness. In sharp contrast to the prosperity gospel's emphasis on gaining money and possessions in this life, Jesus says, do not store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves become in and steal it. He says that. Let's read it. <laughs> so, you, so if Christ is going against it, why are you going for it? I said Christ in the word. See, if you're stuck in some church that's not teaching you nothing and you don't read the Bible, you're going to be a fool and you ain't going to have nothing in that church. That man going to suck you dry. He's going to suck you dry. I heard Leroy Trump say, no, 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 we're not coming now. now we, we, we're not here coming for money now. Let's, let's just calm down. He got him calmed down. And all of a sudden, he started winding up two hours after that. They were giving money. It's a controlled spirit in them. Hitler was an excellent speaker. But look what he did. Oh, they're good oratoricals, good performers. They know what they're doing. Now, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust dust corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We ain't supposed to be doing that. But prosperity doctrine, <laughs> doing it. 
Now, I know somebody that lives in the area of Creflo Dollar. The police is coming over there over and over and over, over and over and over and over and over and over with her daughter. They having problems. And her daughter don't even speak to you. That's not God. The contradiction between prosperity teaching and the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is summed up in one word. God is not the God of money. In 1 John 5, 21, the word says, My dear children, present thyself away from all idols. Money can be idolatrous. Now, what we're going to do is look at some scriptures in the Bible concerning houses and riches and money. The first one we're going to do is go to Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Luke 16, 19. And see what Jesus says about these things. Luke 16, 19. The rich man and Lazarus. Now, let me show you why God don't want you getting caught up in this richness and all this, this stuff. Let me show you what can happen to you. Because, see, when you're rich, you ain't going to want to go through no trial. You buy your way. Go fly somewhere. It's hard for God to get you in a trial because you can buy yourself out of stuff and send you straight to hell. The rich man and Lazarus. Luke sixteen nineteen. There was a certain rich man. Dollar, now they rich. Which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared substantially every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gates full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. That ain't going to guarantee you going to heaven. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now watch what happened to this rich man. If this don't wake you up, there's no way God tried to get this man's attention. No, he's too rich. He ain't going to hear you fast. I'll go give you some lobster shrimp. I'll go fly here. Watch what happened now. It's time to die. And it came to pass, now rich people can be saved and be humble, I'm not saying that, but if you're just chasing money as a Christian, that's all you see is money, 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 that's idolatry. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the reason why I was carried to Abraham's bosom because Jesus had not yet died. When people die now, they don't have to go to Abraham's bosom. Then go to Jesus because Jesus didn't die and he was on earth. So Abraham allowed people to come into the kingdom of God by going through his bosom to God. Now that Jesus died and took the place of Melchizedek and sits at the right hand of the Father, you go directly to Jesus. But Jesus was on earth talking because this is him in red writing saying, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was burned in hell. He lift up his eyes, being in torment, and sin Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember thou that in thy lifetime 
thou receive good things. So you got your good things on earth. That don't mean anything when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. This is why prosperity is not a ministry. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things, but now he is comfortable and thou art tormented. That's pitiful. See, when you get rich, that's what can happen to you. Now, richness is really vanity, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, 1 through 11. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, 1 through 11, about riches. I said in my heart, go now, I may prove thee with myrrh, therefore enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. And I said of laughter, it is mad, and of myrrh, what does it? I sought in my heart to give myself into wine, yet acquired my heart with wisdom, and to lay hold folly, till I might see what was that good for the Son of Man, which they should do under the heavens all the day of their life. I made me great works. I built me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens in Oakland, and I planted trees in them on all kinds. I made the pools of water to water therewith, and the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got my servants made in his hands, and servants born in my house. And I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold, and the precious treasures of kings, and the providence. I got me men singers and women singers, and the delight of the sons of men as musical instruments, and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked and all the works that my hand had walked and the labor that I labored to do, behold, at all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. It, don't, it ain't got nothing to do with you getting to heaven. You chasing something God don't even, can't, it, it, it ain't getting, you ain't, what, what are you doing with this? All the wealth, look all, he was happy, all the wine. So you may say, I had my Mercedes. I had my 50-inch uh, uh, TV on the wall. I'm using these terminologies now. I have my computers, my academics. That, don't, that, ain't, <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with you going to heaven. See, God is against this type of doctrine. Now, I want to show you something. God has riches. Yes, he does. But you want it from him. You don't want it allowing some preacher to tell you to give him something. And if you give him something, you're going, God's going to pay that back to you. That ain't, that's not prosperity. That's nowhere in the Bible that it's supposed to be said like that. In Proverbs chapter 24, this is going to shoot Joel Osteen down, talking about God lended money to the lender. No, he don't. That's a lie. God don't owe no man nothing, because God tells us to owe no man nothing but to the, but the love him. And here's Joe Osteen telling folks, 
If you give to me, you're going to lend it back to God. He always want to put it on God. He's going to die and go to hell with that if he don't change. In Proverbs 24, 4, it says, And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. By knowledge. God will give that if it's a need for that. Now, even Solomon did not ask for no riches, and yet God gave him these riches. That's in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5 through 11. Richness is vanity. It's vanity. But if you leave it up to craft a little dollar in them, it's not vanity to them because that's a comfortable lifestyle. You getting him a plane and he ain't late, late raising the dead, he needs to be on United Airlines. Y'all is there buying this man a plane. And he ain't doing no miracle. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 8. Ecclesiastes. Chapter 5, 8. Ecclesiastes 5, 8. And then we're going to go into Ecclesiastes 5, 8, all the way through verse 20. If thou seest the oppression of the poor and violate perverting of judgment and justice in providence, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regarded, and there be higher than they. Moreover, the profit of the earth is for all the kings themselves is served by the fields. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. See, you ain't going to be satisfied with it. It's greed. You cannot satisfy greed and lust of vindication. You can't. Nor he that liveth abundant with increase this is also vanity. So what they're teaching you is vanity in the outside of God. When good increases, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owner, therefore, saying the beholding of them with their eyes. They sleep of a harboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Everybody after you, everybody want to be your friend. Don't nobody care nothing about you. Uncle want to borrow money. Everybody trying to borrow money from you because they know you got something. Man, I don't want no part of this. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches. So God looks at this as a, as a sore evil. There is a sore, S-O-R-E, evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches, keep for the owner, therefore, to their hurt. See, it hurts you. You're spoiled. There's no discipline. God doesn't want that. But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begotted a son, and there's nothing in his hand. As he came forth, of his mother's room, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hand. Ain't none of them going to heaven. It's going to be here for somebody else for them to fight over. And there also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit had he that have labor for the wind? All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he much sorrow, 
and wrath with his sickness. Behold, that which I have meant, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun. All the days of his life which God giveth him, for it is in his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and have given him power to eat therefore, and to take his portion and to rejoice in labor, that is the gift of God. So what God is saying, he'll bless you with it, but don't go pimping people about no money. God says, I'll bless this to you if you obey me. I'll bless this to you if you get the nine gifts and you stay humble. I'll bless you with these things. See, I done had all these things. I, I'm, I'm 62. I, I died to that. I was a drug dealer. I made $5,000 a week. I wasn't praying. Why would I want to pray to God? I made $5,000 a week. I made $5,000 a week selling cocaine in Atlanta, Georgia, making $25 an hour as an aircraft mechanic at Eastern Airlines and Northwest Airlines, working from 3.30 in the evening, getting off at 11.30, selling cocaine from 11.30 to 3.30, 4.35 in the morning, wake go back up at 12, Go re back up again, go to work, work on aircraft, go right back and sell. And it kept going on and on and more and more and more. And what happens is lust of vindication get it on you and it messes you up. So why do it that way? Let God bless you with it. For he shall have not much remembrance of the days of his life, because God answers him in the joy of his heart. Now, I want you to see something in the book of Deuteronomy, the Bible says, it is he that giveth thee wealth. If God gives you wealth, how can you let some preacher tell you to give some money where God's going to give you something back when he already has it? It doesn't make any sense. It just don't make no sense. And what happens is with this type of doctrine in 4.6 becomes the spirit of error. The spirit of error starts manipulating and starts coming in. Let's look at Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah fifty six eleven. Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. All look to their own way, everyone for his gain from his quarter. They don't care nothing about you. God sees this. God knew this was going to happen. That's why he got it in the Bible. They don't care nothing about you. Nothing. It's all about money to them. It's all about money. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 11. Egg and hatchet them not. So he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days and at the end shall be a fool. So you're searching the wrong thing. That's what God's saying. You, you're searching for the wrong thing. And they're not going to tell you that because they're only interested in keeping their lifestyle. You get 
the music starts moving and they got you laughing and so they get you real comfortable. Then they're coming in with the ties. That's what they, that's how they do it. <laughs> I don't I don't do that. The Bible has a lot to say about prosperity. Turn to uh, the book of Luke, chapter six, verse twenty. Luke, chapter six, verse twenty. Luke. No, I'm sorry. Luke six twenty. For Heron filled John, knowing that he was a just man and holy, observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. I'm sorry. Uh, Mark ten twenty three. I'm sorry, Luke. That's right. Matthew, Mark. I'm in the wrong Bible. I'm in the wrong one. I got two Bibles here. Luke six twenty. I was right. Hang on. Luke six twenty. Jesus says, and he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now he's not talking about poor in poverty, in humility. Rich people are not humble. It opens up the doors to pride. Stiff necks, stubbornness, luxury, lazy, comfortable. I'm a soldier. I don't want to be in no jet plane. I ain't got time for that. You just get me on the airplane and save the church money. I'm not into that. I'm not I'm not going out like that. Let's look at Proverbs chapter eighteen, verse eleven. It's all in the Bible about this this stuff. Proverbs eighteen eleven. It's not biblical to be chasing after money. Called a prosperity. There ain't no such thing as prosperity ministry. It's not in the Bible. I'm sick of it. Proverbs eighteen eleven. The rich man's wealth is his strong city, and as a high wall. In his own conceit. See, when you're rich, you're conceited. All these things get you to go to hell. That's why God doesn't want you getting small like this. You setting up in a $2 million house, a jet going to pick you up. You think you want to preach the gospel? Kenneth Copeland don't care nothing about you. All these airplanes, he don't need all them planes. And he's a good talker. Oh, wow. You know, the Lord. And they ain't done nothing. They haven't done nothing but talk. They ain't teaching the Bible that great. They don't even have any revelation. They are just great oratoricals, and they know how to twist the scriptures. I can't do that. Study Zephaniah 111 and Zephaniah 118. Close. Third John 1, 2 says, above all, I wish your soul prosper even as you prosper. God wants us to prosper, but God doesn't want wealth to be an idol to us. God doesn't want pastors that's really destroying the sheep when they teach this stuff to people. They're destroying people. They're, they are misleading people. It is not biblical. I come up against this spirit. It is a spirit. God is sick and tired of these pastors leading people wrong with this type of doctrine. 
I warn you, based on Jeremiah 23, 1, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor, said the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, against the pastors that have fed my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, says the Lord. They're going to get theirs back. Here come TDJ talking about thou woman or loose. Well, they ain't even in the Bible. Say these words and these cliches, and people jump on them. Listen, study the Bible. Because prosperity is totally different in the spirit realm than what it is how they're teaching you. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 43, verse 4, that I am precious and honor in God's sight, and God loves me. They ain't got nothing to do with no money. Matthew 5.13 says, I am the salt of the earth. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. Matthew 5.14 says, I am the light of the world. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. John 1.22 says, I am a child of God. That ain't got nothing to do with money. John 14.17-18, God dwells with me and will be in me. He does not leave me as an orphan, but comes to me. That ain't got nothing to do about money. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 5, I am a branch of the vine, and you channel his life. They ain't got nothing to do about no money. John 15, 7 through 8, God's word abide in me, and I, his disciples, and I bear much fruit. They ain't got nothing to do with no money. John 15, 15, I am Christ's friend. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. John 15, 16, I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear his fruit. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. And you should receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and to a witness to the world. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. I have been justified completely, forgiven, and made righteous. It has nothing to do with no money. I am loved by God because Christ died for me while I was still a sinner. Romans 5, 8. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. I have been justified and saved by faith. Romans 5, 9. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. I have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Romans 15, 17, got nothing to do with no money. I died with Christ and died to the power of sin under my life. They got nothing to do with no money. Romans 6, 1 through 6. I am a slave to righteousness. Romans 6, 18, got nothing to do with money. I am a free forever from condemnation. They got nothing to do with no money. I'm a son or daughter of God, Romans 8, 14, has nothing to do with monastery money. God is spiritually my father. That definitely ain't got nothing to do with no money, Romans 8, 15. I'm a child of God, has nothing to do with no, no money, Romans 8, 16. I'm a joint heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance. That ain't got nothing to do with money, Romans 8, 27. I'm assured that all things work together for good of those who love the Lord. Romans 8, 28, they ain't got nothing to do with money. I'm predestinated, I'm called, I'm justified, I'm glorified. They ain't got nothing to do with no money. Romans 8, 30. God is in me. Romans 8, 31, got nothing to do with no money. I'm free from any condemnation charges that Satan come up against me. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. Romans 8, 33. I'm more than a conqueror. Nothing to do with money. Romans 8, 37. I cannot be separated from the love of God. They ain't got nothing to do with no money. Romans 8, 39. I have been given the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. Has nothing to do with no money. I am God's co-worker. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. I am a temple of God. His spirit and his life dwells in me. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. That ain't got nothing to do with no money. 
I am washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6.11, that ain't got nothing to do with no money. I am united to the Lord, and I am one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6.17, have nothing to do with no money. I have been brought with a price. I am not my own. I belong to him. Now, if who's been bought with a price? You have. So what are you doing giving a man some money to pay you to get healed when you have been bought with a price? Jesus paid the price. That's a lie from the pit of hell, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. I am a member of Christ's body, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. That has nothing to do with money. I am made alive in Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Ain't got nothing to do with no money. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 21 and 22. Nothing to do with money. I am the fragrance of Christ, 2 Corinthians 2, 15. Has nothing to do with no money. I live for Christ. Since I've died, I no longer live for myself. But for him. Now, if you're living for him and not living for yourself, you're doing good. But when you're seeking after money, you're using your human wisdom that brings in greed, covetousness, stiff neck, lust of vindication, and manum. I'm a new creature. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Got nothing to do with no money. I am reconciled to God, and I am a minister of reconciliation. Second Corinthians 5, 18. Has nothing to do with money. I have been made righteous by Christ. Ain't got nothing to do with no money. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I've been crucified with Christ, and I am no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2, 20. Nothing to do with money. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 13. Has nothing to do with money. I am just by faith. I am justified by faith. Galatians 3, 24. Has nothing to do with money. I am Christ and Abraham's seed, hearings in accordance to his promises, has nothing to do with money, Galatians 3.29. I am sent, Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1, nothing to do with money. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, Ephesians 1.3. I have been adopted as God's child, Ephesians 1.5. I have been given the Holy Spirit as a pledge guaranteeing my inheritance to come, Ephesians one. 13 and 114, I have been made alive together with Christ, Ephesians 2, 5. I have been raised up and I am seated with Christ, Ephesians 2, 6. I am God's workmanship, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. I have direct access to God through the Holy Ghost, Ephesians 2, 18. I am a member of God's household. I am a fellow, fellow citizen with the rest of the saints. Ephesians 2.19 has nothing to do with money. I may approach God with boldness and confidence. Ephesians 3.12, God didn't tell me I got to pay to get that. Jesus already paid the price. So what, they, what these prosperities are doing is really contradicting Scripture. I'm a new man and created according to God, Ephesians 4.27. I'm confident that God will complete the good work he began in me, Philippians 1.6. I worship God in the spirit. I have no confidence in the flesh. Philippians 3.3, 3, I'm a citizen of the heavenly rights now. Ephesians, uh, uh, Philippians 3.20, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, I have been delivered from the domination of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of light. It has nothing to do with money. Colossians 1.3, I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. Colossians 1.14, I am firmly rooted in Christ and I am not being built up. I have been made a completeness in Christ. I am hidden, and my life is hidden with Christ. 
I am chosen of God, and I approach God with boldness and confidence, Colossians 3.12, Colossians 3.3, Colossians 2.10. That has nothing to do with money. We're going to open up this line, allow uh, Evangelist Janet Taylor to make some comments. I want to thank every last one of you who have been listening to us here at Live Deliverance Internet Radio Ministries. Please sow a seed. We ask that the Lord move on your heart. I'm not here to sell you a $1,000 line. And I prophesy to you that if you send me $2,000 nine months from now, they push it way back where you'll forget about it. I'm not going to lie like that. Sow a seed and let the Lord bless you according to his will. Go to www.livedeliverance.com. Look on the lower left hand of the icon, of the PayPal icon, and you can give. Or you can go to www.livedeliverance.com and go to GoFundMe and sow a seed to this ministry to keep us on air. No, I don't want an airplane. All I want to do is pay the bills at this radio station. I'm content with such things God have me. And I pray that God will bless you as you receive this message. If you're caught up into this prosperity doctrine, you have to get out of it. Because it's not of God. It is demonic. God bless. And we're going to open this mic up. Evangelist Janet Taylor. Thank you. Those who are listening to me at www.live deliverance internet radio, please come in, Erico 646 378 1857. Please come into the room, 646 378 1857. Evangelist Janet Taylor, you have the mic. Well, praise the Lord. I have truly been blessed by this teaching tonight, Apostle. My husband and I, we just sat here and listened. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, I I, I just want to piggyback off of one scripture that you read because this clears up the whole matter. Not that I was ever uh, in doubt about it. I always knew that the prosperity gospel was a false gospel. But this one scripture I wanted to just reiterate. First, I mean, 3 John 1 and 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. This is what the prosperity preachers use to hoodwink the people. This is how they manipulate them. They use this very scripture to manipulate people into giving. But this is not a correct interpretation of this scripture. What they are saying is that this justifies that God wants us to be prosperous. What Paul was saying here was not that he was advocating for prosperity. He said, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. So we cannot just take out one piece, like Paul is saying, be in good health and prosper. He is saying in equivalent to your soul prosper. So it's like he has a scale. And on this scale, he's saying, on the one hand, 
I wish that you would prosper and be in good health. That's on one side of the scale. But on the other side of the scale, he's saying, even as your soul prosper. In other words, Paul is saying here that the, you must have balance. You must have balance. In other words, your soul will prosper and be in good health. You, you will have good health and, and prosperity as your soul prospers. So what the apostle meant was is that don't focus on just one thing. Focus on both sides of this coin because he wants us to prosper and be in good health, but in equivalent to our soul prospering. So these prosperity preachers have preached this thing wrong, and they have used this very scripture to deceive and manipulate people. It's called trickery. It's called craftiness, and it, yep. it, it's, it's how they twist the scripture. And when you twist something, it becomes perverted. Now, if you think of who the twisted one is, it's Satan. And so uh, uh, I, I am so thankful that you taught this message tonight, uh, uh, Apostle, because the people needed to hear this. They needed to be uh, 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 woken up to this because too, for too long, these prosperity preachers have used this exact same scripture to deceive them and to trick them out of their money. And they, nowhere on earth is this scripture talking about you having money. Paul is saying that you have a prosperous journey and be in health, good health, even as your soul prosper. It was sort of like a, 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 a farewell blessing that he was uh, uh, pronouncing on the person that he was speaking to. But let me tell you something. Church, you had better wake up and begin to search the scriptures. Apostles stayed up all night long as God downloaded these verses to you. He downloaded these verses to him so that he could give them to us tonight. So for those of you that's following the prosperity gospel, you are headed in the wrong direction, and it's going to lead to your demise and destruction. There is only one gospel that we are to preach, and that is the gospel of salvation in Jesus' name. And the Bible says if anybody preach any other gospel, he is cursed. So I thank God for this teaching tonight, Apostle. I really do. I enjoyed it. My husband and I sat here together, and we just listened, and I took lots of notes. Yes, ma'am. Well, I know you got one coming up. This is very needful. It's very, I had a lady call me from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and she said, the pastor said, hurry up and go get my money because you can't sit up on this front. This is the front row tithers that don't miss a payment. Now, hurry up and send me my money. Yes, sir. Hurry up or this table will be turned by another person to sit up close to me. And she breaking her neck trying to get that man that money. Well, you remember, I don't know if you remember this, 
But um, Oral Roberts told the body of Christ one time when he was yep, trying to build ORU, that I remember God it. said that if he did not raise uh, a certain amount of money by a certain time, that he was going to take him home. And he made it seem like his life was on the line. Well, let's just let's just uh, 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 let's unpack that. Let's unpack that. If you are wow. born again believer, and God wow. gives you foreknowledge that He's gonna take you home, what's wrong with going home to be with the Lord? That's the first thing. And then second, second, nowhere in Scripture. Did God ever tell a man to raise a certain amount of money or else he was going to die? You can't find that nowhere in the scripture. Okay. So okay. all Roberts so, lied. Hey. He lied oh, to the people to get that hey. money. And he didn't even raise the money. He didn't even, it was something like $4 million. He didn't even get the money. And he continued living. So he lied on God to get money out of the people. Mm-hmm. You got to be well. You got to you got you got you got to have ears to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. If God don't tell you to give uh, whatever amount you give, if you don't hear it from God, you better keep it in your pocket because if you're trying to give to get a blessing, what you're being done is manipulated. Yeah. What's being done to you? You're being manipulated. If somebody tell you, I heard a preacher. I heard a preacher say this one time, Apostle. Uh-huh. He called the people up to the altar, and he told the people that God said they had three hundred dollars to give. He said, "I know it's ten of you in here that's got it," and God said, "Give it." He said, and God said, "If you give it." He will repay you. Then he said, I know some of you got the money, but you got it for a bill. He said, and God said, he will pay the bill for you. Then this is where he got crazy. He told the people, if God don't pay the bill for you, call me and I'll pay it. I said, wait a minute. I said, first of all, if this is my bill money, God never told me to give you my bill money. And if God don't pay me, how in the world you going to pay me? That's what the man told him. I was sitting in the congregation when he told him that. And I said, my God, this man just lied to these people. They don't have no condemnation. But you know what? They judge people by fornication and adultery and lying, and they and they doing worse than that. They stealing from people. They stealing from God. They, a person commit a person commit fornication. They, they sin against their own. They sin against their own body. They, but they rob they God's people. That's just that they are without a gun. Now I'm gonna tell you yep. something. I ain't always been saved, apostle. Yes, so ma'am. I done been me? robbed before. But yes, if you ma'am. don't rob me, you need to at least have a gun. Because I have more respect for a robber with a gun 
than I do for a robber that's lying on God to get my money. If you got a gun, I feel like you have invested in your career. But if you just robbing me without a gun, I feel like you think you smarter than I am. You lying on God and you think you so smart that you can tell me anything. You robbing me without a gun. I don't appreciate that. My God. Yes, yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, I got that quick. passive phone. Yeah, I got him off the air. Time we had that covert yeah, virus, I took him off. The next I day I called him and said, you got to get off my ass. I, I, I took him off. I took him off. I'm not going taking people's money like that. I'm not I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. 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 I done died. Die, die to that anyway. I, when I was a drug dealer, I had a, a $34,000 AK-47. $34,000. I had two vets, diamonds. I don't want I, 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 that. Don't even impress me. I'm dead to that. I just want my okay. new vet where I can see the kingdom of God. I'm gonna die one day. I'm 62 years old. I ain't gonna be on this earth forever. And when I leave this earth, I'm trying to get to heaven. I ain't got time to steal people. Notice that when I teach, the Lord tell me, if you go scripture after scripture, they can't mess with you. No, no. Everything I say was right out the Bible. Right out the Bible. But you know what? They sitting up. They so used. To, you, you ever seen people that was on a, a a bad diet? They so used to eating bad food. They don't even know when they see when they get good food. Yeah, they messed up. Yeah, they, they messed up. Yeah, they just yeah yeah. They they messed up. Yeah, they messed and up. When we were teaching. Along and preach the truth like you did tonight, Apostle. They're going to do one or two things. They're either going to hate the preacher or they're going to hate the sin that they're in. This bunch, they turn around and hate the preacher. Yep. That's true. Yeah, they hate the preacher. That yeah, they don't, they don't want to hear that. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No. You're messing, you messing up their money. You're messing up their hustle. You're messing up yep. their hustle. Yep. And they ain't doing nothing yep. but pimping God's people. They pimping yep. the people. And they can't even see it. They don't know the Bible. That's why. Mm-mm. They got no word in them. No word in them. None at all. Uh-uh. They wouldn't know if the Holy Spirit all, came across them. All they can say is, Reb said, well, what did the Bible say? Yep. Reb. <laughs> Yeah, so I thank God. I thank God for this message. Yes, ma'am. I thank God for this. Um, I pray that uh, a whole lot of people were listening in tonight. I pray that they took notes. See, I'm the kind of preacher. I take good notes when it's some good preaching. Now, if they ain't yes, preaching ma'am. nothing, I ain't taking no notes. But if yes, if they if the preacher is really preaching or teaching good, I'm going to be taking notes. Yes, I ma'am. Took Plenty of notes tonight. Yes, ma'am. My husband sat here and listened while I was taking notes. He listened to this message. I said, this is some good teaching, ain't it? He said, yes, this is. Thank the Lord. I, was I in got Chicago. it. I got off the phone with you. When I got off the phone with you, I got it. I was in Chicago, and the, the, the pastor told me about a woman in his church they had some man come to the church and preach. And he told that woman to go and bring him $5,000. Yes, 
and she went and got it and gave it oh. to that preacher and then oh. started crying after the man got her check and told the pastor, he got it all, he got it all. And the pastor said, what you talking about? The preacher, he got it all. He said, what? He took all her money. That $5,000 was all she had. And she oh. was crying after that man left town. That pastor told her, called the bank, canceled that check, put a stop payment on that check, and called that preacher and tell him. God did not tell her to give all her money. He got her up to that altar in front of everybody, and he literally forced her to give that $5,000. That's control. That's witchcraft. Uh-huh. That's witchcraft. And these people inviting them to their church. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes these pastors is in on it. They'll invite oh, these they preachers to their church. Oh, they click it. They click it. Yeah, they do that. They, they, not, the one in Jamaica was doing that. He'll send one, and they have a revival, and then he would fly to the same place in Florida. They was connected. I never wanted to yeah. get with them. Even when I was there, I stayed away from that because I, I said, I'm putting this gospel on for people to hear, and I've learned something. All ministers, even if they are knowing it, you it, it, if they getting people's money, you, you just take them off. <laughs> take take them off the air because they're hustling people, and they, they and they're, they're doing, doing a good job. They, they are, they're hustling people, and uh, God is against that type of a thing going against God's children. They're hustling people. And I'm gonna tell you, and, Apostle, the reason you and I, people like us, we recognize it. Because we've been out there in the streets. We know a hustler when we see one. We used to I be hustlers. That's right. I was, you can't pull. I, Donald, when I said time Donald Trump got in the office, I said they ain't nothing but a gangster. They ain't nothing but a gangster. And look at him now. Look at him now. I look at him now. I used to be a hustler. I used to yeah. be a hustler, a street hustler. So when yeah. I see somebody hustling, in the house of God, I recognize it immediately. I say, oh, this ain't nothing but a hustler. Calling out people's addresses. What does that have to do with the kingdom of God? You ought to know your own address. Calling out people's phone numbers. What does that have to do with the kingdom of God? That's a spirit of divination. Yes, it is. I had a lady call me from Chicago, no, uh, East St. Louis, Missouri, and she said, the pastor looked at us, he, he said, ha ba 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 shot, 900, 900. And uh, in nine months, it'll be triple. <laughs> that lady, that lady said, she said, she said she heard the Lord said, don't do it. And she did it anyway. Uh. Nine, nine months came by, she didn't get a dime. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. You can't, you have to test the spirits. In Berea, That's when right. Paul teaching Acts chapter 17, the Bible said they checked scripturally as the Apostle Paul spoke. <laughs> I yes, can't, I can't do it, Evangelist. They, they checked it scripturally in Berea. They checked. I can't, I can't, see, but, I can't hustle nobody. I done did that. I Bible used to says, run guns. I can't do that, man. <laughs> the Bible says search the scripture and see if these things be true. That's what he said in Acts 17. That's right. And when I talked to you last night, I said, Van said, I love you. And the Lord, I just wanted to thank you. I said, this is a, I just thank her. And the minute you talked to me, I talked to you, God told me to get on that. When I got off the phone, 
I studied all that. To, it took me seven hours to get all that. I'm telling you, it was a powerful teaching. It was so, it was so full of meat, so full of scripture. See, it's time out for all this. Hey, it's time out for that. You know what James ah, Brown made, made, oh, made millions of dollars. You can't be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> James Brown made millions of dollars you with so his did. songs, and he didn't look. He didn't have but six words to his song. Hit me, pick God, take it to the bridge. I said he didn't have no words. He didn't yeah, have not, no words. No, he didn't. And these preachers nope. ain't got no words. They ain't got no words. They just hollering like James Brown. And they ain't got no words. And the vulnerable will get taken out <laughs> because they don't know. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know the Bible, boy. Lord have mercy, Jesus. I, I, I went I to the church. I tell you, this I, was some good teachers. <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. This was, Thank you. This I, was good. This was good. Yeah, I, I got and off the, I got what, off the uh-huh. Them devils been exposed now. Guess what? You're going to get all kind of emails tonight. Oh, I, I already <laughs> know it's coming. I know it's coming. I, done, I had it last yeah. I had it about two years ago. It's coming. It's coming. I had one told yeah. me, he said, one guy say, if you don't stop teaching this, I'm going to have to come deal with you and knock on your door. I said, okay, I'm going to tell you something now. I do have angels, and I do have an AK-47, too. <laughs> I said, hey, what you say? I say, I do have angels, and I do have an, I do have an AK. I have an AK-47 with 4,526 rounds, 7.62. Okay. I got an AR. I got an AR-15. I got a, a assault pump shotgun with 35 rounds. I used, I was a soldier, you know, and when I was, okay. before I was saved, I used to collect guns. And, you know, I still got my guns. I never got rid of them. I put them in the storage. But I told him, now, you come over here. The angel's going to get you. And you don't want me to get you with this 7.62 millimeter. Right. It's going to leave. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get you. And he, he okay. I've been threatening. I've been threatening. People say you need to stop that. You bring a division in the body of Christ. This lady got on here and talking about the evangelicals. I said, "What? Who are you talking about, evangelicals? What? The Republican evangelists? There ain't no evangelists. Evangelists cast out demons. Philip was an evangelist in the Bible. What you talking about, evangelical? You see, they just don't know the Bible, evangelist Taylor, and they get sucked they in. They get sucked in." They get sucked they in. Have, I tell you, they've been exposed tonight, though. You exposed You so. snatch the covers off of them, and they are butt naked. They are, <laughs> but, they work, they are like the emperor that had on no clothes. They just like <laughs> they standing up butt naked. Naked. You got no. them tonight. Because guess what? God had you to teach this message because somebody, he say, Somebody was getting ready to make a big mistake. Somebody was getting ready to give a false prosperity preacher all their money. I pray that they were listening to this message tonight. Jesus Christ. Oh, well, you got one coming up Thursday. Let the audience know, Evangelist Taylor, what's happening Thursday. 
Okay, Thursday, we coming with the idols of coming down part two. Uh-oh. I did part one last week. This week, it is part two because the enemy tried to interfere, and we didn't have the whole two hours. I got on right at 9 o'clock, and so we didn't have but that one hour. So I'm coming back with part two. The idols and- are coming down. I'm going to expose idolatry, what it is, why God hates it, and why you need to get rid of anything that's an idol in your life. Amen. Evangelist Taylor, let the audience know if someone wishes to sow a seed to your ministries, uh, how can they do that? If you'd like to sow a seed, if you are led by the Spirit, notice that I prefaced it with that. If you feel led by the Spirit, we don't force people to give us none. We don't trick people into giving us none. We don't deceive people into giving us none. If the Spirit of the Lord speaks to you to donate to my ministry, which is Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International, you may do so through PayPal or through Zelle using this email address, jet245 at msn.com. It's that simple. Amen. And I do the same thing. I don't have to sit down here preaching three hours to talk to you and your money. Just so a seed. Uh-huh. God bless you, Evangelist Taylor. We don't do that. We real with this. God bless. I pray that the Holy Spirit be upon you and be be very, very aware that Thursday is coming. Evangelist Janet Taylor will be here this coming Thursday, part two of the teachings concerning idols. The idols are coming down. And we will see you, Evangelist Taylor, this coming Thursday at 8 o'clock. God bless everyone and shalom. All right. Good night. Good night.